what we have done as an industry, we've created an environment where we are actually are collaborating in a transparent way and everybody's running open source software. And we should give ourselves credit for that. That is not trivial. And you know, we've been able to make that pivot and harness the power of the community when we want to do things. And that's what you know, allows us to really be transformational. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is the Freestar Presents Blood, Sweat, and CPMs podcast. My name is Jeff Kudashevich. I hope everybody's having a fantastic Tuesday and hope you had a great weekend and all of your days should be great, hopefully. I'm speaking to you in the past, or is this the future? Hopefully by now, my parents have had their second vaccine. I don't like to talk too much about COVID because I just have heard too much about it, and I'm sure you all have too. But I'm just happy that my parents are getting vaccinated and things are looking a little bit brighter here in the U.S. A couple housekeeping items today. We have our publisher town hall. So if you're one of the Freestar publishers, I hope you'll be joining that. should be nice and informative. You will probably be hearing me there as well. So hopefully that's not too much Jeff in one day for you. Also, if you happen to be looking for a new role or know somebody who is, please, 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 please go to our LinkedIn page and look at all of our open roles, in particular my department, publisher operations and analytics, being a little selfish there, but uh, we need the help and we need it fast. So please, if you know anybody, let me know. All right, now on to today's show. We have a special guest, Tom Kershaw, the chairman over at prebid.org. Uh, he also is, of course, the CTO over at Magnite. I will note this conversation was Tom wearing the prebid hat. So if you wanted to hear anything about Magnite, you're out of luck. Two big things that happened in the world of ad tech after we recorded that you also won't hear about, unfortunately, is, of course, Magnite acquiring SpotX. The other big pre-bid news that we, we weren't able to ask Tom about was pre-bid operating the Unified ID 2.0. Unfortunately, also won't hear specifically about that. But what you will be able to hear about is Tom talking all things pre-bid, the pre-bid roadmap. Tom promises us that AMP is not going away, getting more buy-in from different aspects of the industry, so making sure pre-bid works with all ad servers. He touched on GAM and uh, as well as getting some more participation from the buy side. We also had Pramesh, our CTO over here at Freestar, join the conversation. I'm not as technical as these fellows, so I wanted a little bit of help on our side over here. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and chat with Tom Kershaw and Pramesh Parayal. So as mentioned, we're speaking today to Tom in his pre-bid capacity, but of course, Tom is the CTO over at Magnite. As their chief technology officer, Tom is responsible for the oversight of all aspects of product development, platform strategy and operations, and product design, as well as oversight of Magnite's engineering capabilities. Prior to the merger with Telaria, Tom held the same position at Rubicon Project. Prior to joining Rubicon Project, Tom was the Director of Product Management for Google Ads and Commerce in Asia-Pacific, where he oversaw the company's advertising product portfolio for the region. 
Awesome. Well, today's special guest with us is Tom Kershaw from prebid.org. Really appreciate you joining us, Tom. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And we also have our CTO here, Pramesh, uh, from the Freestore side, who's going to help uh, with some of these great conversation pieces as well. Thanks, Pramesh. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be here. So, Tom, from more of a high level, I'd love it if you could sort of walk us through what you expect, let's say, for the pre-bid roadmap to look like this year? Sure. I mean, I think the roadmap for pre-bid is going to be more exciting this year than it ever has been. And it's just amazing the amount of things and the gravity of the enterprises that pre-bid is now taking on. I remember four years ago, we were like, wow, we should add a currency conversion thing to the JavaScript. And people were like, wow, how are you being so like, crazy? <laughs> yeah, now we're doing all kinds of things. We have a bunch of stuff around identity that are gonna, is going to be really exciting. We've launched shareidd.org. We're working with Trade Desk on UID2. We'll be developing a whole bunch of taxonomy capabilities to allow publishers to create audience segments and exposes audience segments via pre-bid. We're working on tools to explain to consumers how the internet works and try to get new levels of opt-in and consent from those consumers. So there's a bunch of activity around identity, which is really a departure for Prebit because Prebit's now no longer just writing code or maintaining open source. We're now actually hosting machines and capabilities for the industry. We're running identifiers. We're syncing those identifiers. So you're going to see more and more of Prebit's roadmap actually running services for the industry where a neutral trusted third party is required because that's really what Prebit is trying to do is be a trusted neutral place for collaboration to be uh, conducted transparently. So there's a bunch of identity stuff. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff around extending the audience, the, au the auction capabilities beyond um, just display. So a bunch of activity around making mobile and pre SDK better. Um, you're going to see pre CTV really happen as a thing. Um, and there's a whole bunch of um, uh, roadmap issues around CTV and better support for video. Uh, we're continuing to improve our AMP support. And then there's just new features around how we manage and deploy large-scale wrappers. I think it used to be publishers would have one big giant wrapper that would do everything. We've now developed the ability to really develop these very micro-targeted wrappers and have those managed. You know, a publisher should be able to manage dozens or not hundreds of wrappers through a single, you know, kind of smart automated interface. So, you know, I think that the roadmap for Prebit is bigger and more complex than it ever has been. And I couldn't be more excited about that. But just to kind of add on to that, Tom, I'm, I guess I'm curious. I know I've been part of some of this conversation. You know, some of this I know is more near term, and, and there's some things that come up around the, like the 5.0 kind of release and that, you know, planning for that in the future. Are there things that are a bit further down the line that are like not um, as much fleshed out, but that are like, like a bit more pie in the sky or something along those lines that would be? You know, worth noting. One of the things Prebit is looking at doing is, is allowing open RTB connections so people can connect directly into Prebit server without need of intermediating SSP. I think the definition of adapters and participants in Prebit is going to continue to evolve. And, you know, I think the, the sky's the limits on, on, on what we can do. Uh, the, the beauty of Prebit is anyone who has a good idea, we want to make sure that it's conducted in an open, accessible place where it really is owned by the community, not by some individual for-profit entity. So we'll keep biting off these large projects. But, you know, I think that's a good existential one for us is, is just kind of redefining the, the current way folks interact with Prebid and opening it up so that buyers, you know, we can collapse the supply path and be more efficient. I also think we have to continue to look at how we make Prebid work better with Google Ad Manager and with whatever ad server it's talking to, you know, Freewheel also, um, I think that we're still pretty bad at that. I think having a better, more fluid integration so that information can flow freely between the two 
um, I think is really important. I, I think it's probably safe to say Previd's not going anywhere and that Google's not going anywhere either. So we probably should try to make our systems work together in a quasi-intelligent way. So that's, I think that's another big area. It's going to be hard because it involves negotiation and politics and all that non-technical stuff. But um, <laughs> you know, I think it's really important that we, we, we need to all grow up as an industry and, and try to collectively um, make everything work end to end more efficiently. And, and that means getting all the various participants working uh, together. Uh, and I'd have to imagine, I mean, I, I know one thing that I've noticed is that the, the participation from the publisher side seems like it's kind of changed or grown quite a bit, at least in the last year or two, right? Like in terms of just being involved and having more, I mean, at least stakes in the conversation. Is that what you see as well? Or, or Yeah, uh, we see more and more publishers joining. Hearst just joined the other day. Um, you know, it seems like there's another uh, large publisher joining every week. I think we also will hopefully do a better job representing European publishers in Previd. They all use Previd, but they haven't just been as active. I think time zones may have had something to do with that. So trying to get publishers to lean in more. But the same is true of buyers. I, one of the things I've learned throughout, especially with this identity brouhaha, is it only works if everyone in the ecosystem participates. And uh, for example, something we learned in GDPR is like we had SSPs and DSPs and they kind of agreed how they were going to do TCF. And then we forgot about what about the dozens of measurement companies and targeting companies and attribution vendors. If those things start to break, then a lot of bad things happen. So I think, you know, I, I'm excited about the publisher tier, but I'm excited about growing the buyer tier this year, getting more buyer representation and also making it, you know, in the identity space, we, we, we created this environment where identity providers could come into Previd and operate inside of Previd's four walls. And I think we need to do the same thing with viewability and measurement and things like that. So there's just such a big problem space for us. And, you know, it's important that we are inclusive as an organization. And that just means lots of projects to manage. Tom, you had mentioned part of the roadmap touched on AMP. We get a lot of questions from our publishers about, quote unquote, the future of AMP. Where do you sort of see AMP headed? I am sh always shocked at how widespread AMP use, usage is in the Previd community and how important it is. Because I've always been very dismissive. I'm like, oh, AMP, you know, whatever. It's 5%. It's like, not a thing. But AMP is a really substantial portion of Previd revenue for a lot of publishers that we work with. And it is somewhat hard to do technically because it requires Previd server and it's cache-based. And so we end up spending like, you know, literally 80% of our time optimizing for AMP compared to some of the other features that may be more representative. So I don't see AMP going away. I think we've solved a lot of the technical challenges for it, but it is, you know, for some publishers in the Previd ecosystem, we're seeing 50, 60% of revenue come from AMP. And I don't see that diminishing anytime soon. So um, it's just another example of some of the things Previd wasn't doing super well three years ago. We weren't good at AMP. We were hor horrific at, at native. And one could argue we still have some work to do on native. That's probably <laughs> one of our, uh, you know, 2021, we're finally going to get it together. Same with CTV, which we haven't done super well at. You know, the general feeling is we're, we've done a pretty good job on core JS for display. I mean, there's so many features in Prebid now. We have dynamic floors being injected into it, all kinds of things we're doing, but just kind of addressing the rest of the formats and providing a complete solution for publishers, I think is important. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. This next thing is something that we talk a lot about here. So I know the industry at large spends a lot of time sort of talking about privacy and regulations. That seems to be the talk of the town. What are the things that you wish we collectively spent 
more time thinking about outside of these sort of bigger topics? I think unification of the advertising experience is my most important thing because I think we still treat users as if they're different people and they're on different devices and that creates a horrific user experience and it's very wasteful. If you look at kind of pre-bid, we have the pre-bid SDK group who is different than the JS group and they, you know, they hate each other and they're like, oh, get your little javascript away from me i'm working on sdk you know it's like um and so they're entirely they're entirely different systems, they're, they're right? feuding they're not feuding in real life it's just that they are different systems so you know for display versus app versus ctv we treat the user differently the way targeting attribution is done is different it's just it would be really nice if we could treat users as users not as devices or things. And if we could deliver a marketing message to you that reflected the fact sometimes you're on a CTV device, sometimes you're listening to music, sometimes you're on the web, sometimes you're on your phone. I mean, unifying that experience for marketers and for users, I think is the next big thing. We just don't talk about it enough. Like four years ago, cross device was hot and people talked about it, but no one ever actually did anything with it. And now that we're reinventing the identity regime, this is the time because we're rethinking identity across all three of those mediums. So cookies, IDFAs, and Narkic CTV identity regime are all going away this year. Uh, you know, people talk about the cookie part thing, but mobile app identification is also going away and so is CTV. This is a unique opportunity for us to rebuild this in a semi-rational way and build technology that meets users where they are not segments users based on these artificial delineations such as device type or what version of some browser you're using. I love that. I think, you know, when you rewind back a few years when we were originally talking about this, realities are much more binary than when you had you know, people on phones or on desktops and, you know, they're on a laptop because they're at work, but they're mostly on their phone and maybe they have their device at home. So there wasn't as much segmentation. Obviously, there's kind of two scenarios, whereas I think in today's world, you bring in CTV and all the other kind of connected apps and ways that you can kind of access the internet, you just have, it's a much bigger problem now than it ever was, right? Because it's so much more, it's so much easier to get online through various devices, right? Yeah, and it's so much more complicated, but that's the digital experience. I mean, smart speakers and Android Auto and all these other ways of accessing the digital economy, you know, it, it's amazing how quickly all of this has evolved and how much we've transformed. And, and I think we just need to do a better job creating a unified experience. Tom, on the front of unification, um, I know this is a question that probably all of us think about, I'm sure you think about a lot. Do you think there's going to be a, a day where we, where we live in a world with a truly unified auction, including ADEX and prebid? Uh, yeah, I think I think there will that day will come, and I think that it makes no sense for these systems to not be aware of each other again because they're not going away. If if I thought Google was going to go out of business in a week and that GAM would you know exist, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, fine, let's just we'll just wait it out for a week. But it ain't happening. That is the most popular ad server platform in the world. It's widely used by publishers. It's very difficult to remove. And you know what? You know, I, I, there's some some folks may have wished. Prebid didn't make it, but you know what? Prebid is is going is here for the long haul, and we are going to be the primary mechanism by which publishers and buyers and the rest of the ecosystem collaborate. So I think it's the mature, rational, and smart thing to do for these two systems, and probably Amazon and a few others, to really work together in a smart way that involves equal fair sharing of information 
and an auction that is conducted at the same time. A unified, a, a true unified auction is, I think, to me, very important. So I think that this will happen. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to take some time just because of the, there's so many larger factors out there in the world right now that is going to make it hard for us to get to a resolution. So we're going to keep moving pre-bid forward. We're going to keep trying to solve for identity and make sure we nail that because that's, that's pretty existential to our industry. But I do hope we get to a point in the coming 18 months or so where at least Google and Prebid appear to be a single system and at least have some common rational intersection so that things work together uh, in an optimal way. I love that. So I'm, we're going to hold you to that, Tom, 18 months and it's going to get done, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wanted to touch on one of the things you mentioned. I know you said it tongue in cheek, like people wishing Prebid would fail, so to speak. Love to hear your perspective. What are, what are some of the even like current day common, let's call it misconceptions that our space has with respect to pre-bid that you, you know, that you'd love to dispel? Well, I mean, the main misconception I don't like is that it's a bunch of tech vendors. It's a bunch of like bad ad tech vendors plotting how to like evilly control the world and keep cookies <laughs> there, even though the users don't want them and throw crappy ads, to, you know, replace all the content where it's only ads. Like <laughs> so you go to New York Times, there's ads and no articles. I mean, I think that's like the, the nefarious view of how ad tech works. And I think that what we have done as an industry, we, we had a lot of issues as an industry historically. I mean, this industry was not running super well, in my opinion. We've created an environment where we are actually are collaborating in a transparent way and everybody's running open source software. And we should give ourselves some credit for that. That is not trivial. And you know, we've been able to make that pivot and harness the power of the community when we want to do things. And that's what you know allows us to really be transformational. Prebid is a representative organization that represents everything in ad tech. And it is an organization that is really trying to do the right thing and create an industry we can all be proud of. That, that's the thing, you know, that's, that's the thing that matters most to me. It really is a group of folks who care and are trying to make the internet, uh, transform the internet into something better. And I think, I think how we generate money for the industry is pretty existential to how the industry works. So I don't think you should be separating those things. So monetization, both advertising and subscription, is the key to the open web. And that's what we're trying to do. And it is exciting, but it is not just a trivial thing. It's it's a big deal, decisions that we're making in pre-bid right now. I definitely appreciate that perspective, Tom. You know, if you need anybody else to, to be cheerleaders uh, around, let, let us know. I mean, I, I can quite literally attest to being a convert and and I can you know shamefully admit that like in the very, very early days of pre-bid, like before even the 1.0 release, I had uh, initially tried out pre-bid and was very, found it very constrictive from what we were trying to do at a custom stack we set up. And we built our, our initial stack off another, uh, like a competitor, essentially, and used that for years. And when I came back around to pre-bid, you know, in the last two years or so, like just the, you know, to your point, I think the, the adoption around it. And early on, when I was looking at some of the bidders, they were, you know, the code wasn't great. There wasn't really standards in place. And I think all that has changed so drastically in the last few years where the support behind it, the, the maintenance behind it, and even when you start going into these committees, how we're enforcing the standards across them, I think it's it's pretty impressive that it's moved from kind of a, a very light kind of proposal, essentially, to, to where it is today and actually putting functionality in there that, you got, like you mentioned, we're building on top of it. I think that's amazing. Yeah, the thing I like about Prove the most, the thing that I think is our biggest success is that you have 
choice and you have options and you can do whatever you want. If you're a publisher and you want to download JS and create your own stack around it and do your own reporting and run everything yourself, you have no dependencies on anybody. You can be completely and totally independent, but still know that what you have works with everybody else because they're using the same base. If you want to do nothing, if you want to just like, you know, book a, you know, book a, a spa massage and have someone run the whole thing for you, there's 10 companies in prebid who would love to go chase your business and compete to be able to run a turnkey service for you. And if you want everything in between, you want to run your own jazz and have someone else run server, or you want to do whatever you want to do, you can do it in prebid. And that's what I like about it. It's not this like one size fits all. Here's how I want you to run your business, Mr. Publisher. It's a toolkit. And you can literally, you can take the hammer, you can take the, the screwdriver, you can take the wrench. It's up to you. And that is liberating and to me, super cool about what Prebit is doing. Tom, one of the things that we certainly battle with a lot here at Freestar, and I know this is a very common question that publishers face, call it one of those age old questions about the balance of the client versus server side adapters and the evolution of Prebit's server to server where do you kind of come down on this topic if you could share with us? I have come a long way because I was up until maybe a few months ago, I was Mr. Anti-Server. I was all that <laughs> because I had heard this. This is like, you know, it's like the market of the future and always will be. We've talked about this in pre, but oh, server's coming any day now and it's going to change everything. And then we put stuff on server and there was performance degradation and you know, a bunch of tuning and stuff we needed to accomplish. So we, we set our sights on... Um, what I mentioned earlier, which is how do you manage a really, really targeted and large fleet of wrappers efficiently? How can you bring intelligence to the process of changing configurations? Why are you setting currency conversions statically? Why are you statically setting timeouts in a wrapper and trying to shove 30 different ad units into one JS config? Why not spin up and spin down those wrappers and allow you to manage a fleet effectively so that we can still use JS? Because there's some real advantages to being client-side. Um, whether it's user sync or performance or lots of other things. What's changed my mind on that is that we're moving beyond display. If you're going to do SDK, you need server. If you're going to do AMP, you need to do server. If you're going to do CTV, you're going to need server. So I think that now that we've gotten to a stable place with JS, I think Previd server is going to grow pretty dramatically in 2021 because of these new media types. But I think here's the thing that's different. I think a few years ago, we thought they were at war and one was going to win. Like It's like JS is going to go away and server is going to replace it. I think they're going to coexist. Touching on that uh, last point that you, that you mentioned, the coexisting uh, nature, I think that's sort of also evolved over the years where at one point it was, if you're running index client side, don't also run them server side. And that's been flopping around. I know Prebid has their stance what's what's your stance as far as that wrinkle of it i'm going to go straight to the religious answer to that question <laughs> and say that one of the things that prebit is is doing not so well is is we are encouraging some level of bid jamming and duplicative inventory and i don't think it is in our long-term interest to have different bidders bidding into client and server and six other versions of server and eb and all these other things i think we need to get efficient because the more noise we throw in the system someone's paying for those machines someone's paying for the resources um, and 
trying to, you know, as engineers, trying to troubleshoot stuff when there's 80 billion transactions you can't keep track. It's just a lot easier the more you simplify the troubleshooting process. I think you should make a choice about how you want to deploy. Awesome. Wanted to, to end on a little bit of uh, if you could share some advice. So first thought on this is for, you know, folks in engineering or, or product roles sort of looking to advance themselves in our industry. Any any advice you have for those type of folks? Yeah, I think um, it's going to be an obvious theme given Freebit is learn to collaborate. And what you find is it's hard. It's a lot easier to just go into your dungeon and like, you know, take the snake eyeballs and like make this concoction and, you know, and put it out there than it is to collaborate. There's a lot of folks we work with today that really don't know the difference between selling and collaborating. And they are different things. And so for us to collaborate effectively, we have to put a, put aside some of these petty competitive, you know, things that bother us. And there's a time to, you know, punch your competitor in the teeth. And there's a time to sit down and solve industry problems. And I think, you know, what I'm looking for from is engineers and product people who know how to do both. Um, I, I don't want a bunch of softies who are only collaborating. You know, you need to, you know, be mean when it when you need to. But I think being able to do both things, both innovate, collaborate but also um, create your own view of stuff. I think this is that combination of collaboration and competition that gives us an opportunity to, to, do, uh, to make the internet a better place. Last thought on this advice angle, so to speak, is what are some things that publishers should be focusing on this year to really better position their inventory? I think it's quality and privacy. You know, people talk about third-party cookies all the time. They don't realize what it is. It, it means that a third party that does not have a relationship with the user is able to identify that user. And I think when these changes finish, that publisher to user relationship is going to be everything. It's the bedrock of our industry. And so I think publishers really have to pay attention to that user relationship. And that means the quality of the user experience and page load times and ad load. If someone, their experience with your web page is bad, they're going to go use an app or they're going to go do something else. So it's really important that we pay attention to that user relationship as publishers and do a better job with it. And then I think it's also um, you know, pretty critical that publishers continue to innovate and focus on content delivery. Um, and because uh, that's really what matters is, is, is giving access to, users access to the content they want. Awesome. Well, really appreciate it, Tom. Uh, Prem, before we wrap, did you have any last thoughts you wanted to? Yeah, you know, just, and you, you touched on this a little bit in the context of CTV, AMP, and app. And I, I don't know if this has, you know, been your purview as much on the pre-bit side, but like, you know, one of the things that I see that kind of stands out on the, the app solution, the app SDK for pre-bit, or pre-bit SDK, is obviously from a, from a demand standpoint, you know, that the, it's everything's kind of routed through prebit server there, which makes sense, and that's you know access and develop programmatic inventory. But in the app ecosystem, the major demand players are obviously SDK based still, and they're slowly starting to move. Facebook is moving to open bidding, obviously because they need to, um, and there's a few other partners. But I guess I'm curious on from prebit's point of view, is there any plan or talks around in addition to supporting the kind of standard programmatic demand partners, finding a way to incorporate you know the the more traditional SDK partners or those that at least support open bidding into that into that framework. Yeah, I think that that's something we absolutely have to do. And um, you know, I think um, if you look at the non-display universe, um, there is no unified auctions. These are all mediated waterfalls uh, and complex mediated waterfalls, where some of the demand comes from ad networks. It doesn't even include RTV bids. For years, we've had this point of view as like, well, it's all going to go the same direction as display. 
And I think, you know, as you dive deeper in how television works and how apps work, you realize that's not the case. Um, there's different dynamics at play here. It is critical that we develop a mechanism for programmatic and direct to coexist, for mediated waterfalls to live within the context of pre-bid. The mindset used to be, I think, in this industry, conquer your enemies. If it's different than what you got, you know, extinguish it and replace it with your perfect solution. And I think what Prebit is now realizing is it's about coexistence and developing mechanisms for all of this stuff to work because industries don't change overnight. It takes time. Well, awesome, Tom. Really appreciate you letting us bend your ear as much as we have. And obviously the great work that you do both on the Prebit side and of course your, your work at Magnite as well. Really appreciate it. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity. And thank you, Prem, for uh, joining us today as well as a special uh, guest host with us. Yeah, happy to happy to chime in. With. All right. Thanks again to Tom and Prem for their time today. Uh, it was great to sit in uh, between these two industry giants and just hear a little bit about pre-bid and sort of the future. Hopefully, you learned something. I certainly took quite a bit of notes. Before we go, remember to please make sure you're subscribed to the Blood, Sweat, and CPMs podcast on your preferred podcast service, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or any others. If you can, it would really help us out if you gave us a five-star rating on your service of choice, or at the very least, share it with a friend. If you have suggestions or feedback, or even a tip for a guest we should feature, email us at podcast at freestar.com. Our production team includes Lauren Goveo and Caroline Romano, editing done by Paolo Bautista, and special thanks to our music provided by Matt Hanline. This has been a Publisher First production. Until next time, don't forget to add your macros.